Welcome back to the podcast at Rives Church. We're here. Yep. It's another Monday. Uh, if I sound a little groggy, I was up at 2 a.m. this morning to take my sister to the airport. So Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, this was a good time. Good time. I had some good quiet time on my drive home. I'm got sure to, you did. Got to reflect and pray, and somehow I made it home because I don't think my eyes were open. So, <laughs> But we're here. We have some guests in our studio. I'm going to let them introduce them, but... These are pastors from our friend church, neighbor church, Village Hope, um, and we're going to talk about some ministry life. So I'll let you guys kind of introduce yourselves, tell about your church, tell about how you got into ministry. And yeah, keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Keep it clean. Okay, yeah. Clean. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a family podcast. This is a family show. This is a family show. Right. A family show. <laughs> keep it clean. 13 at best. Okay. All right. All right. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my name's Jeremy Toyer. I'm the lead pastor at Village Hope Church. This is... My associate Matt Tucker, mm-hmm. youth youth ministry and other duties as assigned. We yes. were just joking about that. That is yes. the best part of a best, best part of a contract. Best part. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really truly really good. So, a um, little bit about us and how we we got into ministry. I grew up out east, um, as most good <laughs> pastors do. Amen, brother. Right? Outside outside the great city of Philadelphia <laughs> in southern New Jersey. Um, came to Cedarville University, South was, Jersey, South Jersey. Oh yeah. Ooh, you're yeah, one of those. We're, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we, we, we drink water and we root for the Eagles uh, in South Jersey. That's too bad. Yeah, okay. JP's yeah. all about the water, though. Yeah, I'm yeah, all about yeah, the water, yeah. but I like the Ravens. Well, you anyway. know, we can't all be perfect. That's true. Anyway, um, went to Cedarville University where I met my wife. We got married. I came up here to Michigan. We lived the first three years of our of our marriage in Michigan while I was going to seminary in Grand Rapids. And then I was a youth pastor in two different churches, one back back close to home in New Jersey, and then one in the Toledo, Ohio area. Hmm. And I moved up here about nine years ago with my family to be the lead pastor at Village Hope. And we've been here ever since, living the dream. How long have you been at Village Hope? Uh, nine years now. Nine years? Yep, a little over nine years. So how long would you say you've had ministry total? Um, I mean, I was doing ministry even as a volunteer mm-hmm. in college. So, I mean, I've been involved in Youth ministry, church ministry for the better part of the last twenty five years plus, okay. I would say. Um, yeah, even, yeah. Even, it, it, we'll be married for twenty five years in July, and we were my wife and I were doing ministry together before we got married, even too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, what about you, Matt? What's yeah. your story? So, I actually got saved in this church in two thousand three. I was actually on Rod's camp group. with the youth group. Yep. And, mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of cut my teeth here and started to get plugged into ministry. I helped with the youth group for a while, and then um, helped lead the young adults group here for for a little bit. Was part of the praise team, and you know, JP encouraged me when he came, said, "Get your guitar and get up on stage and, and play and stuff like that." And so um, that was kind of the beginning for me. And then my wife and I got married in 2015. And we, I, I had left Rives here and Melissa had left her church. She was going to Heart of the Lakes at the time. And mm-hmm. we both were like, hey, we need to find something that's us. You know, we're, we're a new couple and, and kind of just see what God has in store. And I was teaching Christian school at the time. And then a couple years later, uh, I wind up as the youth pastor at Village Hope Church and have been doing that for, I'm in my sixth year right now. I've just passed five years in August. So yeah. we, we were looking for a youth pastor at mm-hmm. Village Hope. You know, and a lot of times churches, Put out job descriptions and yeah. you know job postings and yeah. collect all these resumes. Yeah. And we said, well, wait a second. Why do we need to do that? Mm. Because if you walked into a, into the foyer on a Sunday morning, there were Matt and Melissa. They always had a group of teenagers around them. They were they were ministering to the teens anyway. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, we have a conversation with Matt. And Matt Matt jumped at the opportunity. Mm-hmm. He he was really really enthusiastic about it. And that sounds uh, kind of familiar to what Paul says. Yeah. You know, when he says, hey, choose somebody from among you, right. mm-hmm. somebody yeah. that you know. Exactly. It always makes me nervous to think that we would bring somebody in that we don't know and all the work that we've done with our vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like... Why, well, why do you think so many churches do that? Why do you think we outsource pastors instead of... It's, oh, it's something we picked up from the business world, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. I'm afraid. Yep. Um, you know, well, it works in business, so it must work in the church. Well, not all the time. And I think right. that's that's what's unique about Rives is I'm homegrown. You're mm-hmm. fairly homegrown. I mean, you've been here 20 years. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Our... Uh, secretary's homegrown, our assistant pastor, administrative pastor's yep. homegrown. Like we've all mm-hmm. grown up and yep. arrives. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of cool that you <laughs> Yeah, need- the only transient we have is our producer. 
Well, and even even him, he he had a year in the youth group. Yeah, he did have a year in the youth group, but he comes from down south. Yeah, he's he's a Floridian. Be be careful. He's the guy that's going to edit this. I know. I'm always aware of that. Yeah, you better be careful. He can make this say whatever he wants to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've always thought about that, though. Like, why do you think churches outsource? And I, I agree with the business thing, but I think, like you said, Paul says, choose from among you. But there's only two verses in the New Testament that specifically speak to elders or pastors in the yeah. church. Mm-hmm. And one is it's posted right next to my uh, ordination certificate. It says equip the saints, Ephesians right. four. Yep. Yep. And so I think, I think there's some kind of, I don't want to say ego or there's, there's some kind of issue within pastors where it's, they don't like training other people to do their job. Well, that means that you don't have a job if you train somebody right. else to yeah. do it. Which right. And it's scary. That, that, that can be a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, I would love nothing more. Oh, than yeah. for someone to do my job, <laughs> to be quite honest. I, I don't want on. your job. You know, <laughs> that would be Not great, yet. man. And, and uh, that's, that's the other thing, like, just to kind of piggyback off that, like, people always assume people are in youth ministry as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that, I, you've been there six years, which is actually a long time yeah, for, for a youth leader. Yeah, that's long. Well, well I, I told him he's not allowed to. Leave until yeah. my youngest kid graduates from high school. Go. So you got a few. You got I, a I got a little bit of time. He's got he's got under eight years left. <laughs> but I, I think people <laughs> misview youth pastors as oh they're just trying to get in the big leagues really. And I, well, I have no desire. Like I love preaching on Sundays, but mm-hmm. I don't want to do yeah. it every week. A, a lot of times though, Caleb, that is true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It's yeah. just yeah. it's just seen as a stepping stone. You know, because there aren't a whole lot of churches out there that are, are ready to hire a twenty five year old yeah. lead pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was fairly young when I came to Village. I was yeah. thirty eight when I started at Village Hope, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're kind of," but you know, they were willing to take a chance on me, and I I've always appreciated that and mm-hmm. continue to appreciate that. And Matt, you know, Matt came in, he was like, I just want to love Jesus. And I want to hang out with teenagers. Mm-hmm. And we, we've, you know, we've given him plenty of opportunities to preach. He enjoys mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not closed the door on, on senior ministry necessarily, right. mm-hmm. but you know, as far as it goes right now, he's just like, no, I just want to love kids and we'll, we'll see how the Lord leads down the road. I think that's yeah. really the best. And that, that's where I'm at too. Like if, if it came up, don't go anywhere. <laughs> if it came up, I would consider it. But right now, I'm like, man, I'm focused on on my kids, right. my group. Yep. And well, well, I was going to say, so much of of what we see with where the church is now. Yeah. You know, we we talk all the time at Village Hall. You know, the teens are not the church of the future. Like they're the church now. They're an active and part we, of the church yeah, today. We do. I hate now. the title next gen because it is yeah this gen. right. Um, but in in many ways, like we're kind of that front line of, of this next generation. And this is where everything is forming. And this is mm-hmm. where, you know, all the, all of the th- areas where culture can seep in and really influence the teens. Like this is, th- this job is more needed than people realize, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it does get treated like a stepping stone. And I'm like, I hear people do that. I'm like, stop doing that. Yeah, like right. you're, you're doing them a disservice and you're setting up the church in the future for failure. Well, we talk all the times too <clears throat> about kids, kids that come up in the church they go away to college and they they kind of walk away from their relationship <laughs> yeah. with God. They walk mm-hmm. away from the church. And one of the reasons that happens is because they come back to visit and they don't see anybody they know. With the yep. position of youth pastor being so transient, yep. youth, their, their youth pastor's gone, mm-hmm. everything's changed, what's different? Um, and so, you know, when their youth pastor is still there and when they have a good relationship, I think, with their senior pastor too, I think that's mm-hmm. important too for... Again, when you're viewing the teenagers as an active part of the church of today, yeah. they're 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 doing ministry. They they know their senior pastor. Their senior pastor knows them. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they definitely know me. Right, right. Well, and you're just a big kid at heart. I too. show up anybody, to youth group yeah. occasionally, yeah, not very knows. often. But I showed up the week that Caleb was gone. You yeah. were gone somewhere, and I, I, my wife had my baby. Yeah, that our that, that baby, was a, that was a bit of a, <laughs> yeah. a life marker. Yeah. Yep. It's important that you were. Yeah, yeah I walked in. They were like, uh, "What are we? What are you doing here? What is happening?" No, I'm just coming to hang out. You know. Anyway, but I think uh, talking about transition, you know, with youth leaders and even other areas, uh, ministry areas like uh, assistant pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you know pastors that are administrative pastors, right. and I think the lead pastor position many times is viewed as the premier slot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I, I don't, until I don't, you get I don't into feel it. that way. Yeah. I don't feel that way yeah. either until you get into it and you realize, Oh, 
Uh, yeah, do, yeah. Do, do this for a little while, and yeah. then it's like, hey, maybe I'll just go back. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just play with right. numbers right. or, yeah. you know, organize okay. this thing behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, some years ago, um, it was it was quite a few years ago, um, I actually was, um, I put my resume in for a church in uh, North Carolina, big church, real big church. They had, I think, 17 pastors on staff. I, I remember. You yeah, remember that? I remember that, yep. And um, there, w- I found it very interesting because I, you know, the process, I stayed there for a week and toured and right. kind of rubbed shoulders with the people and yeah. kind of, and um, I got a call, got a couple calls. They were very, very gracious and very kind to me, but they were like, hey, um, you know, we're going through this, you know, we're going through looking all at all of the um, candidates, candidates and all the people that are, you know, um, have applied and. So I asked, like, how many people applied for this position? They were like, well, over 600, over 600 guys feel like God is calling them to this position. I'm like, <laughs> okay, how does that even work? And I'm not even sure I use that terminology because I was kind of like, maybe God wants me to do this. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure, right. but I was encouraged to apply. Okay. You know? Yeah. And um, so it got down and I ended up being one of two people. Oh, wow. Out of 600, which is that, very interesting. Yeah. And I thought, okay. And um, my wife and I were actually looking at houses in the Charlotte area. <laughs> um, you know, it's not, not cheap down there. No, you know? no, it's not. And so we were getting all excited, and we get this call. Hey, we, we decided to go with the younger guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, younger guy with no experience, and he just got out of college. Mm, wow. Not to diminish that. No, no. But not but having a, any ministry experience going into a big put. stage, yeah, you know, yeah, to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, oh, well, you know, but I learned a lesson in ministry. And one of the lessons I learned is um, you can't allow, you can't let your heart go before what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. That you can get sucked into mm-hmm. the idea right. mm-hmm. of different ministry, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, God's like, "Watch this," yeah. <laughs> but, you know, right. you know, sure. and you're like, "Ah," uh, and that's kind of the, how I ended up where I'm at now. But okay. we'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think it's seen as, um, well, that that is the ultimate goal is to be a senior it, pastor. It's, it's and I'm thinking <laughs> it's a pride or ego thing, like I said earlier. And I, I don't know if you guys have read letters to the church from mm-hmm. yeah. Francis Chan, mm-hmm. but like just the idea that we we have church to come and look at one person. Let's let one person use his gifts yeah. or, or one person sing a song. Like a monologue. Yeah, let's yeah. let's yeah. let one person worship God and we'll just say amen, brother, and go home and eat our pot roast, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, that's it. I was I had a conversation around Christmas time with my brother-in-law, the family was together and stuff. And he's involved in leadership in his local church. And mm-hmm. he said, one of the biggest problems we have at our church right now, I think that he's trying to kind of move the needle on is he said, we spend too much time, too much effort, too much money concentrating on one day of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. When, you know, ministry, the church ministry, that's, that should be happening all Daily. throughout yeah. Yeah. the week. Sunday should be an encouragement to right. get, get through get, the rest Get your batteries yeah. recharged. Yeah. One of the you things know, I enjoy about, here is that something that we've tried to work towards, you know, is not focusing on one day a week, mm-hmm. you know, and then making sure we're providing opportunities and platform, right. you know, for people to right. engage in different types of study or serving. And and now we're back to the pastor equipping the saints to yep. do the yes. work of the ministry. Yeah. Exactly. You know, here's the funny thing about that. You know, when I first um, started leading here, right, a lot of people would... They felt as though, they felt as though that they had to bring everything to me, and I had to say okay right. to everything. Yeah. And yep. people hate yep. now when I say this because I said it so much. <clears throat> I'll say, listen, we've given you the boundaries mm-hmm. of that area. You know what we're trying to accomplish. We've given you money <clears throat> to help feed that, mm-hmm. and so we trust you. And so when I say to you, hey. I believe you're going to make a good decision. God's going to lead you to make a good decision. Let me know what you decided. If yeah. you need me, I'm I'm here. I, come, I, come. I love that. I think and, that's great. But the people that you tell it to, oh, they, they do not like that. No, yeah. no. Yeah. because they're not used to that. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're used to that <laughs> style of leadership. I'm. I don't feel as though I'm a micromanager. I've been set, called that 
a few times, and I'm like, that's really weird because I don't think I am no. at no. all. Mm-mm. And and so it's like I don't want to micromanage, but I do want to lead. And so that we can accomplish our vision. Where's, where's the line there? Well, the line is that you're actually training people and giving people the ability to use their gifts. Mm-hmm. You're allowing people to make mistakes. too. Well, they have to make mistakes. Yeah. You, you have to. And you expect that. And so the question is, how do we respond to those? Mix- do we do we micromanage even if there's a mistake mm-hmm. or do we teach? I think those things are perfect teaching platforms Absolutely. to be able to say, hey, listen, get it. You screwed up. Right. Um, you shouldn't have spent that money where, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a church giving an 18 yeah. year old $20,000, <laughs> you know, to spend money on cameras. That's a, that's a yeah. risk. It, it's definitely a risk, yeah. but obviously for us, it's paid off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and no sometimes like if we hold all the responsibility <clears throat> and don't equip people, then they don't feel the responsibility. But if we equip them and mm-hmm. say, Hey, we're asking you to walk with God in this thing. You know our vision. You know the boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know how it works. We're going to trust the spirit of God that lives within you to help you make a right decision. And And now the responsibility is on that. It's still on us somewhat. Right. We've handed over for them to do ministry. Well, I think that's what makes people gun shy to step into leadership and do things is when you when you all of a sudden say, hey, I'm trusting you to make the right decision here or to do do what's honoring Mm -hmm. to God within this framework. Now they feel the weight of the ministry. Yep. And that's a brand new thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. right. oh. That's not common in oh, the church, I yeah. found out. Well, and you I know, think that's like, like, I hate when you say that. I'm like, good. <laughs> oh, sorry. But, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, and the weight of the ministry, I think, is what makes you and I say, hey, someone else want to come and take this yeah. job over? Yeah. Because cause there's a lot of weight there. It's Re- realizing you're responsible mm-hmm. it is. for. There's, uh, I was thinking about this this morning, and you guys kind of answered it, but like, what, what do you think was the biggest misconception going into, into <laughs> ministry? Like, what did you think ministry was, and what did you end up in? Mm. And so, like, I'll let you think on it, because what I was thinking about this morning, um, kind of along the lines you guys were just talking about, I came from a smaller church. Yeah. Um, a church that was probably smaller than our men's Bible study right now. Yeah. So I came from. Well, a, I don't know many churches that have thirty five. I don't either. In their I, it's Bible study. it's yeah. incredible. But like, so this smaller church, the pastor's job mm-hmm. was everything. Yeah. yeah. Like I, there was a day I preached. I led worship. <laughs> I ran the soundboard. Mm-hmm. I like you know I opened the doors. I turned off the lights. And so in a small church, the mentality is we're paying you. You take care of it. You're we'll the come, professional. We'll come and get our our right. food and we'll go home. Right. right. You mean? And, did you mean to say fix or food? Well, yes, both. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, but then I came here, and there's things that I enjoy doing. Like when I first came here, we had struggles getting our lawn cut. We yeah. had struggles mm. getting our our soundboard. I like right. running soundboard. I like running mm-hmm. the lawnmower and mowing the lawn for a couple hours. You but said great there time. is but some type of evil spirit that enters sound systems. <laughs> I know during oh, the week. You guys have it too. Oh, oh, yeah. but man. I feel better. Are you I feel better. But they, there was these things that I wanted to do, and I felt like because I came from a smaller church where the pastor did everything, I'm right. like, JP, I can mow the lawn and, and, and I appreciate it. He's like, No, yeah. that's not your job. Yeah. JP, I can run the soundboard. No, no, that's not your job. And right. so like it it was a misconception for me coming into ministry that Okay, I'm paid to be at the church. I have to do everything the church needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. <laughs> so, like, what do you guys think? What was, well, for, what was your me, misconception? I'll, I'll, you know, and I'll, I'll go a little, a little darker, deeper here. Maybe mm-hmm. I knew coming into ministry that there was going to be conflict, right? Mm-hmm. When you put mm-hmm. more than one person mm-hmm. in a room together, there, there's going to be conflict. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, but my expectation was it was going to be. Me and the people I'm doing ministry with against the people we're trying to minister to. Mm-hmm. That was where that conflict was going to come. But a lot of times a conflict comes from within. Inside right? the room. Inside the room. The people you're supposed to be standing shoulder yep. to shoulder with, all of a sudden yeah. there's... I mean, I, in my in my very first church right out of seminary, I mean, there was some serious... Con- and that led, led led to me leaving yeah. the church. You know, I had, I had come home. It was... It, that was... That was a big. That was a big deal. You didn't me. expect that. I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, not at all. And it and it threw me for a loop initially. I, you know, I think I've kind of picked myself up, and mm-hmm. and God's been gracious, and God's God's taught yeah. me a lot through it too. But that conception of, you know, the misconception of, hey, I know there's going to be conflict. Didn't expect it to come from the people that we yeah. were supposed to be, you know, working together yeah. with, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and managing also the outside conflict, right? 
Right. Well, yeah, yeah, but the out, yeah. the outside, I don't know, the outside <laughs> conflict that wasn't that yeah. as big of a deal. Probably because I was expecting it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, there's conflict. We'll mm-hmm. deal with it. We'll move on. But then when it comes from within, it's like, well, what do we? Oh, yeah. Do we do with How this? do we do that? Like, I got to see them in a staff meeting. I'm mm-hmm. supposed to mm-hmm. I'm supposed to stand up on a platform and lead worship with them, and I got I got issue. You know, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to I'm supposed to stand beside them and serve the Lord's Supper, and I got mm-hmm. an issue with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So. Uh, that was probably the biggest thing that blew my mind as a as a young twenty something year old mm. youth pastor. Yeah, going well, this, this this isn't the way it was supposed to be. Yeah, mm. newsflash. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. No what about you, Matt? What was I, your biggest? Matt's never had any problems. In the <laughs> He's just perfect. Yeah. Oh gosh, I wish that was true. <laughs> um, I don't know. Thinking about something Paul said, and I can't remember where exactly, but where he talked about. All the, the struggles that he personally had, but then he talks about on top of it, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm caring for the church, too. I, I have the church mm. before my knee, you know, thinking about them, where they are, and I, I feel the pressure of, of bearing up with them and leading with them. And I think it, it was really nice having a lot of ministry experience in the youth group because mm-hmm. I kind of had an idea of what I was coming into uh, between that and teaching. But I think what I wasn't ready for it was honestly some of the heartbreak. Where you pour yourself into mm-hmm. people and you keep pouring mm-hmm. and you keep yeah. pouring and then all of a sudden they're just I'm out and you know you just kind of feel like you're left hanging and you're like man what did I do wrong yeah you know and, and in many cases the answer is nothing. nothing you didn't right. do anything wrong right. yeah. but you know you walk alongside you're faithful you you sacrifice time sometimes it's like you know hey I'm gonna leave my family to go do this because mm-hmm. I wanted to care for this person so I'm sacrificing family time sometime to help this person and all of a sudden. Uh, we're out, yeah. and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think that was that was the biggest thing is is understanding that what what God's call on me, and it's one of those things you know, but until you really start to experience it, you can't appreciate it. When He says, you know, our, our call is to be faithful. Mm-hmm. It's it's not to, it's not to get results. Yeah. You know what success in His eyes is to be faithful to do what He has called you to do. Right. To to be a minister to love people to lead them well. You are not responsible for their actions. You're yeah. not responsible for their response to what you do, what you say, anything like that. And that's hard because sometimes you do. You put yourself out on the line. You put your neck out for them, and you just get whacked. And you're like, well, that sucked. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of bounces back to the mentality that <clears throat> the pastor, the youth pastor, this one leader is mm-hmm. responsible, totally responsible for people's like choices and actions and their salvation. Mm-hmm. But the reality, I just read a book called Sticky Faith for, for youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the book, they said kids like teens need at least five different adults pouring into their lives from yep. the church. And not just youth leaders, five different adults pouring mm-hmm. into them. Mm-hmm. And so if you just take on the mentality of, I have to feed them. I have to encourage them. I have to be there every single time something goes on. You're one person. Well, and as a youth pastor, I mean, mm-hmm. how often do you see those kids, right? You get them two, three hours a week mm-hmm. max. Yeah. You know, if they come every week. If, if, they come. If, if they're coming every week, if right. they're coming to everything you're doing yeah. and that kind of a thing. And the realization is, you know, you can do what you can do, but you you can't you can't do it all. Same with, I mean, even elite pastor position though. How often do you have your your sure. sheep? How, right. how often do you? Right. We have an hour, right? An hour on Sunday morning to. Well, now we're back to it needs to be more than just Sunday morning, exactly. right? I mean, right. It's, it's, there's got to be other stuff going on throughout the week. Well, and I, I think I think it comes back to what we've been saying for months here at Rives. You have to get your nose in the book. Yep. Like mm-hmm. we we can't feed you every single line right. this book says. You right. have to feed yourself. Also yeah, I, th- I think people are used to, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to be critical, really I'm not, but I think mm-hmm. people are used to just being feds, mm-hmm. you know, fed. yeah, yeah. Pick, right. pick, pick my utensils up and feed right. me instead of like, that looks different than equipping, mm-hmm. yeah. equipping how to encourage yourself when you're alone in right. the word mm-hmm. is I think probably one of the main things that, you know, the church should focus on. That's one of the main things other right. than sharing the gospel and reaching people for Jesus, right. mm-hmm. like equipping believers to do the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The work of the ministry is founded and grounded yeah. in God's word. Yeah, and so if you don't know God's word, mm-hmm. right before we came into this meeting, I had a guy call me. He said, I hope you're not busy. He goes, I'm, I'm studying Mark chapter one and I'm confused. Can you walk me through it? I'm think He's like, I don't mean to bother you. And I thought, you can bother me all day mm, long with this, about kind, with of this kind of stuff. Yeah, because here's what I know. When you're asking me that question, you're in the book and right. you're trying to figure it out. Right. And you're, and you're, you know, you're yep. studying and you're, 
wrestling with it. And to me, to mm-hmm. someone, you know, who's trying to keep telling, you know, I keep telling people that, hey, keep your nose in the book, mm-hmm. open the book, you know, make sure you study. Right. And so I think that's one thing that, you know, when, when people um, get into church, right, uh, they're used to being somebody else and they're used to depending on somebody else to feed them and encourage them spiritually. And I would mm-hmm. say in the ultimate end, it's your responsibility, not mine. Mm-hmm. Now, my role is to teach and to encourage, and right. I get mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But it's to equip you, yeah. not mm-hmm. to do it for you. Right, right. And so sure. that, that's, that, that can be and, kind of a seismic shift for some people because, oh, yeah. you know, oh, most yeah. churches you go into, I, I put money in the plate. Mm-hmm. And, you and I serve, and you yeah. provide the product for right. me. Right. And, and we're back now again to consumer-driven model. Yeah, which is, which is a whole other. That's a whole. That's a whole other podcast, bro. Right. <laughs> so just off that thought of um, <clears throat> us not like pastor's job isn't to feed everybody, right? Hebrews five. Uh, we'll start at twelve. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone mm-hmm. to teach you again mm-hmm. the basic principles of oracles of God. Mm-hmm. You need milk not solid food Mm -hmm. for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteous since he is a child. This is really harsh. Like He's writing this like very, you are a child, but solid food is for the mature. I wonder who wrote that. I, I think it was Paul. It it sounds really similar to stuff Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Yes, it does. Doesn't it? Very close. But, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good for evil. Mm-hmm. And he keeps going in chapter six, but that's the main point. Like, I think we've we've built this Christian, maybe if it's an American Christian, Ooh. westernized Christian oh, culture, you go. Go. where yeah. pastor's job is to do, like I said earlier, do mm-hmm. everything, feed right. the church, feed the sheep, lead the sheep, mm-hmm. counsel the sheep, like shovel the sheep, sh- shovel the sheep, shovel the dip. sheep. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff. so, keep it alliterate. Keep it alliterate. But so, like, whoever wrote this is basically saying, "No, you need to take responsible for yeah. your own walk." Mm-hmm. Well, I say, keep keep reading in chapter six because what he talks about is like what are the mature things and yeah. what are the milk. It's yeah. very backwards in our thinking. Sometimes. Oh yeah. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. Mm-hmm. Go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And of instruction about washings, the laying of hands, the mm. resurrection of mm. the dead, mm. and the mm. eternal judgment. Mm. And this we will do if God permits. Yeah. So their idea of maturity was legalism, which yeah. Yeah. you guys have had a conversation about. We did that. have a conversation yeah. about legalism. Not that long ago, as I recall. Yes, we did. Right. Well, and we and we sometimes will equate, you know, you gotta feed yourself, and we think, oh, when I'm when I'm growing spiritually mature, I'm gonna be into quote unquote the deep things of God. Yeah. Maturity has nothing to do with what you know. It's yeah. it's, it's mm. what it's how you obey. Right. right. You know, you're you're only as mature as how you follow. And uh, you know, I know something I heard years ago here. You know, every single person is educated well beyond their level of obedience. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so fe- feeding yourself isn't just about knowledge for the sake of knowledge, but that's kind of how we do it in the American church. Yeah, so, so, somebody know. described it as spiritually constipated. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking a bunch of stuff in, yeah. but nothing's, nothing's, coming, nothing's out. coming out. Coming out. Yeah. Exactly. And I love that line you should be teachers. <clears throat> and, and I kind of. Well, that means you need theological mucilage. There you, there you okay. go. <laughs> Never heard that term before, but maybe we've coined something new yeah. here. No, I picked that up from one of my mentors. <laughs> he used to always say that you need theological mucilage to open you up. Oh, yeah. So what specifically? Never mind. Theological yeah, mucilage. I mean, yeah. so you yeah. should be teachers. And this is something that I came into youth group as the youth pastor that I said right out the gate. Like mm-hmm. I grabbed three of my senior guys and I said, "Guess what, guys." You're going to teach youth group. Mm-hmm. And all three of them were like, oh, you're in the headlights, what? right? Like, yep. And one of them yeah. sitting in this room because he did so well, we ended up paying him as an intern. Okay. Yeah. So, but like I told these guys, I said, hey, you're going to teach because if you can teach a room full of your peers, you can share the gospel with one person. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just wait till he finds out he's going to have to team teach with me later on this year. I already told him he is June yeah. 25th for graduation Sunday. He's doing something. I've no, been, I mean him and I. He's yeah. going to team teach with me. Yeah, he been, doesn't know. I haven't told him that yet. This awesome. is the first time he's hearing when, it. When are you planning to tell him? Um, I don't know. I'll think maybe. about it. Yeah, I'll think okay. about it. No. I, although he, he's listening right yeah, now. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I know, right. He knows. Yeah. He's, he's hearing every bit of it. 
Yeah. But yeah, if you so, can see the look on his face right yeah, now. Yeah, he's not he's happy with that. So I came into youth group with the mentality of you need to teach. Yeah. And, and I think uh, uh, First Peter says it too. Like, always be ready for a defense of the gospel. What's a mm-hmm. defense of the gospel? Why do you believe what you believe? You mm-hmm. know? And so I think I think we've created this Americanized Christian culture where the pastor teaches right. and I sit and listen. And, and have you ever have you ever had like a volunteer ministry where you say, "Hey, you're you're going to teach." They're scared, oh. but then they then they start prepping to teach, and they come back and they tell you all the things they learned. Yes, yes. right. In fact, that's that's one of the. It's funny, funny how that works. It, it? it is funny how it works, mm-hmm. and that's one of the one of yeah. the early th- like when when someone's early in their teacher training, mm-hmm. you have to make the decision about what I'm going to actually share and what I'm just going <clears> to <throat> keep keep to myself, right? Because yeah. you, you can't. You can't just back the dump truck up and, and dump everything yep. you've learned. You've yep. got to come up with a with so a lesson. So speaking of teaching, sense. right? Yeah. Question for you guys in that regard. So, and this might be down another road, but we can get back. We can, we can so, how many hours do you put in for the amount of minutes that you speak? Like we only work on Sunday mornings. Well, <laughs> stop, stop. you work on Sunday mornings wow. and all you do is pray the rest yeah. of the week. So how much pray. time do you put in preparing? Like we're talking about people teaching, right? Yeah. And and they learn a lot. Yeah. So how I'll much do honest, you find? It, it, depend, it depends on the week sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I don't know. How much How much time do you spend like on an average youth group lesson? Would you uh, it depends on the series. So like right, right now I'm actually doing one that's, it's called Everyday Jesus. And it's, you know, the, the subtitle, it's following Jesus when life is meh. Because mm-hmm. that's like the new emotion that everyone feels. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. meh. What is meh. that? Yeah. yeah. And it's why I ask the kids it's, all the time. They're like, it's mid. It's kind of, yeah, meh. So, you know, for that I'm. I'm okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's nothing's great, I'm nothing's not great. bad. I'm just kind of here. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm necessarily just, culturally in touch with that kind of stuff. <laughs> usually, yeah, right? Like but but like ninety percent of our Christian life is lived there. Like yeah. we we think the Christian life's in the mountaintops or it's in the valleys when right. the majority's right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my text is Acts two. It's it's the early church looking at forty two to forty seven. And so for this one, it's not been so much prep because it's kind of spelled out for you pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But it's helping them understand how to walk away practical. So on a week-to-week basis, an hour maybe. But if, as I get into some deeper stuff, like when I did my winter retreat, yeah. you know, I, I poured hours into that um, to preach for about 20 to 30-minute yeah. segments. I mean, I, I preach for about 30 minutes <clears throat> on Sunday morning, and I probably spend at least five, maybe 10 hours mm-hmm. working yeah. You know, doing 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 study and research. Oh, kind of I bet the people right here at Rives Church wish I would preach thirty minutes. Actually, no. You were Sunday. They were like, he's, one he's guy a, yelled out. He goes, "You a, could preach as long as you want." He said, you, know, "You keep preaching, I'll keep, I'll, listening. I'll keep listening." Well, I should say mm-hmm. I try to keep it to thirty yeah. minutes. Well, I, me too. But I get you know, I you, you get carried yeah, away. Yeah. Really? I, <laughs> right. how, how long does it usually go? Fifty-five. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Where, where are you? I try. I try. They have a time. We have a. Where, we have a countdown have for them. When the All countdown right. is over, we have about ten minutes. Come, left. Coming out of the pandemic, we we kind of mm-hmm. redoubled our efforts to try and keep our services to about an hour. Yeah. And I mean, yesterday we went way beyond that. We were doing testimonies and celebrating the Lord's Supper and stuff like that. So we mm-hmm. went. Went way beyond. That. We try to do but, that, and I, I try to be conscious of that because I don't want to misuse people's time. Right. I don't, I don't yeah. want to take yep. advantage of them Absolutely. at all. But sometimes to complete a thought, yeah. no, mm-hmm. you've got you it. know, it takes and, and it takes me longer. And we're real quick to say at Village Hope too, if the spirit's working and the spirit's moving and we're not like hard and fast on gotta be out of yeah. here. It's, yeah. Well, twelve you know, o'clock, time to go. Yeah, yeah, you listen. Well we we, we start at ten thirty, so we usually try to be done around eleven thirty. In our Jackson location but we have a Parma service too that starts mm-hmm. at nine, and mm-hmm. that one kind of has to be done in an hour, hour and fifteen. Because you guys got to get out of there, right? Go. Well, yeah. the worship team gets out of there after they're done. They're done. Worship team worship. does both. Yeah. yeah, the worship team leads worship from nine to about nine really? thirty. Mm-hmm. How's then, that work? And then well, they leave. never mind. I'll ask that question it's, later. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a little little crazy. No, yeah. no mm-hmm. one's no one's gotten a speeding ticket as far as I know from between campuses. Well, so no one's talked about it at least. Yeah, yeah. So you have to put time in. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm preaching this Sunday. And yes, you are. And you told me what I was preaching on a month, two months ago. Mm-hmm. And I have probably every week since spent at least an hour looking at it. And then I've pretty much wrote it all last week within four or five hours. And then this week, I'll probably spend all week just studying it mm-hmm. and going mm-hmm. through it. But with a weekly youth group, 
I, I kind of have my series laid out ahead of time and right. kind of know the verses yep. I'm going to. Yeah. So I kind of read through the verses. And then as far as studying a lesson, probably, again, like Tucker said, an hour. Yeah. But mm-hmm. a study time, it's it's hours. Mm-hmm. Hours of study time. Yeah, right? I would agree. But mm-hmm. we only work I'm not going to say how much time I have. <laughs> but anyway, back to the teaching. Yeah. Like, we just all talked about how, how much we prep for teaching. Um, and you asked earlier, like, how scared people get when I ask them to teach. Right. And I was thinking, like, there's there's something you learn more when you're studying, like you said, because you got to absorb stuff, right. you got to take stuff in. Right. You learn more when you're studying to teach than when you're just studying or listening to somebody else. Teach. Well, and if you're going to teach something at this level, yeah, you have to know it and understand it at a much higher level, yes. so that yeah. you can bring it down and distill it down into an easy to understand, easy to apply uh, lesson. Yeah. And so, yeah, your, your, your knowledge base has to go a lot deeper mm-hmm. than uh, everything you're presenting. Right. And, and like back to those three guys, I told them, uh, if you can preach to your peers and youth group, you can share the gospel with one person and we'll let Dalton come on and share his story. Maybe, maybe next week or two weeks, he'll yeah. come on and share. But there was mm-hmm. actually a story where those three guys went camping and had an opportunity to share the gospel with mm. a suicidal guy. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. The guy camping next to him. And again, I don't want to steal his story because it's an awesome story and I would love for him yeah. to share it. But yeah. So I told him this, and this whole summer of them teaching and, hey, you need to teach, you need to be ready to, to defend the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then they had an opportunity, and it was just like God worked the whole summer, the whole year that I was working in them for them to share and save save somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like just that idea, like I th- again, I think the American church has missed the idea that people need to know the Bible well enough to teach it. Yeah. And so we have the come look at me on Sunday morning and then go home and do your whole week without looking at the Bible again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they think pastors are the only people that need to know the Bible well enough to teach it. Mm -hmm. And really, that's, I mean, that you go all the way back to the Reformation. That was one of the big things was, no, the the people need to hear, hear, understand, to be able to read the Scripture in their own Mm -hmm. language so that they can can study it. Well, and and actually, um, what I'm preaching on Sunday is is, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. Mm-hmm. And it, that I said earlier, there's two mm-hmm. verses that specifically call out elders of the church. Yeah. And first Peter five is one of them where he mm-hmm. says, I encourage you, the elders as a fellow elder, as a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> Sunday's going to be fun, Rives. I'm so excited for this chapter. I'm going to be honest. But, like, he's encouraging the elders specifically. I'm sorry. I'm going to miss it. Yeah. You're going to watch it online. I hope. (laughs) But, like, um, he's encouraging the elders and the leaders. But, like, I think there's something to be said because that chapter starts with uh, the first word in in that chapter is so. So you got to refer back to chapter four, right? And all of chapter four is about mm-hmm. suffering and struggling, right. and so yep. because they're struggling in the world, mm-hmm. which can lead into a really good conversation we can have. Mm-hmm. Because yep. they're struggling in the world, I'm going to encourage the leaders to lead. Yeah. But then you go even farther, and he says, "Likewise." So the same. So the same therefore, way. but yep. likewise, mm-hmm. he's teaching. He says, "You need to listen." You need to listen and be willing, like, uh, teach the younger people. Mm-hmm. And so even though he's encouraging specifically the elders, he's encouraging everybody because there's struggles in the world. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which leads to, uh, I think we could get into a really good conversation of why um, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. Or why does a loving God allow the earth mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. the way it is right now? Yeah, and right. I, I think, honestly, if we could, we could talk for... Well, hours, hours about that right now. And I, I, think I think the key to that is, is Romans one, yeah, yeah, eighteen, where it was like God, God, God gave them over. Yes, you know? yeah. and it was like God was like, okay, fine, if that's what you want, if that's what you're going to choose, I'm going to let you experience the the results of that choice, the consequences yeah. mm-hmm. of that choice, and where God was kind of like, okay, you know, I'll make you know, I'm not going to let the world be destroyed, but. You guys, you guys go after it. You guys, let, let me know how that works out for you. Is kind of mm-hmm. the way Doctor Phil would put it, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how's that, that working? Or how's that working out for you? Yeah. 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 I've said that a time or two. So what? What do you, what do you guys think? Like, um, why why bad things happen to good people? I, I honestly think we can we can park uh, here for a minute. So I've had a lot of people ask me this question. 
You know, if God is so good and God is so loving and God is so powerful. How can mm-hmm. I believe in a loving God when my grandma just died? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and bad right. things happen. Right. And I, I believe what we have to do is we have to go back to the beginning. We yes. have to understand that sure. like God's original intent was not for bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. However, in his complete awesomeness, he created man. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he created man with was the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so as man chose, as we know, Genesis chapter 2. He chose poorly. He chose chose poorly. poorly. Uh, And he did not lead his wife well. No. Right. And so the result of why bad things happen were a result of one man's sin. Mm -hmm. Romans chapter Mm 5 talks about this, right? So it's by one man's sin. Sin entered the world. Sin entered the world. And so bad things happen not because God wants them to happen, but because they're a result of a choice that man made. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like to hear the fact that the first Adam, Adam and Eve, was actually the representative for the human race. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so thereby, we were born into mm-hmm. sin. Right. Mm-hmm. We were born into a economy that bad things happen. <laughs> Saying all that, it's interesting how God even uses those things to complete his purposes. Mm-hmm. So if we can shift our thinking. Romans 8, right? Exactly. Right. So if we if we can shift our thinking from, man, God's doing bad things to me, to I know these are consequences of either my choice or somebody else's choices and bad things happen. But in it, I can trust God because he probably has a plan for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to make me something different than right. I am today. <clears throat> And that's a pretty big, that's a big shift. Like that's a big gap to jump um, Mm. when you lose somebody or um, a relationship falls apart or your Mm. marriage falls apart or you uh, lose a loved one or. And you usually can't see the good in those situations until you're past them. Very difficult. You need the perspective that only comes with time to be able to look back and say, oh, I see how that worked out. I mean, I've got stories like that in my own life of. You know, in the midst, I was like, man, this is the worst thing ever. And then you look back and you're like, oh, okay. I God, see what you were doing there, guy. God worked you that out. You were taking all things together. Yeah. You were working all things together for good. I, I used to think, you know, and a lot of my a lot of my bad things that have happened are based by virtue of my choice. I, right. We, we make Usually, dumb choices. We make yeah. dumb choices. Mm-hmm. And But now, older mm-hmm. um, and a bit more seasoned. Um, I realized that had, even though, I shouldn't say had, even though I made bad choices, Mm -hmm. God chose in his sovereignty to use those bad choices. Mm -hmm. And by his grace, too. And by his grace to draw me back to himself. And Mm -hmm. I can sit here on the other side and say, had those things not happened, I would not be who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. In the pain and the frustration and the hurt and all that, although I hated it. Mm-hmm. I can look at it and say, man, that really did something in me. And God could even use a dumb choice by me yeah. to fulfill his purpose that he had for me right. in the future. And that gives you an ability to minister to yeah. others it does. that are in it the sim- same or similar yeah. situation move, you know, moving forward, too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I've, yeah, that's happened many times. You know? There was a... Um, I used to work at Youth Haven um, over the summers. and uh, Youth Haven, one of yeah. our partners. We yeah. love them. Yeah, yeah. we do too. Yeah. We, we, we're partnered with them as well. So, um, Thanks for the commercial. <laughs> You're welcome. Lars, You're welcome. Lars will thank you yeah. when he listens to this. Hope you see this, Lars. Um, but when I was a 19-year-old kid, I had been walking with, with Jesus for about a year and a half, something like that, almost two years. But I was sitting in a conference room getting ready to start uh, my first summer working there. And Larry gets up. And he says, Here, here's something that I want you to know going into this, and it's stuck with me ever since. He goes, the, the beautiful part about ministry is that God will always work in you, and he'll work through you, but the best thing is he'll work in spite of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he will take, you know, I, I honestly, I think of Jonah. You know, <laughs> you know, I think of Jonah, which there's a, a lot of ways to look at Jonah, mm-hmm. but Jonah was given the task to go to Nineveh, and he said, no. I'm, that's the last thing I want to do. And we, we see like the selfishness built into it as mm-hmm. that story unfolds. Yeah. But he goes to Tarshish. He flees that direction. He goes the complete opposite direction. 
But I think about that decision that he made because there, you know the storm comes up and everyone's chucking stuff overboard trying to get to keep the ship from going down. They figure out that it's Jonah. And he's like, throw me overboard. Like, you're not going to be guilty of murder, but I, I'm so committed to not doing what God wants me to do. I'm going to drown in the sea. But you think of Jonah's poor choices and all those men that were on that ship gave glory to God. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that doesn't happen without mm-hmm. Jonah. Not, not that we're encouraging poor decisions. Right. But God's got a way of working things out um, through our poor choices. Absolutely. Um, the, it's a good thing. I was going to follow up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, Jason. It James, is true. a good thing. It's true. I, I wanted to ask you oh, a follow-up to that, though. Yeah. Because, you know, why do bad things happen? And, and I'm sure you've encountered this many times. Because w- one of the things that I see is people really struggle with um, everything happens for a reason. You know, people will kind of throw that out there. Sometimes that reason is because you're dumb and you, and make, you make poor, poor decisions. Yes. Well, and right. we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago with some of the Bible verses that are taken out of context. Mm-hmm. And even Sunday, oh, we talked yeah. about Philippians mm-hmm. 4.13. I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. I cannot yes. be an astronaut, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and so I, I think that, that. that goes back to that thought. Wait, that it does. <laughs> I cannot fly. It goes back to that thought. Like, yeah, you can do all things, but Paul is chained to a prison guard. You know, Paul was, he says in that same verse, I know what it's like to have a lot. I know what it's like to have little, but I am content, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. Yeah. Oh, that's, I think it all begins more than I can handle every single day. Well, that's the whole point. He gave me twins. He does. (laughs) Gave me twins. Three under three. I cannot handle it. You're playing zone now, dude. Uh, Yes. Not a good zone. I think, I think. You're work most, so that's, I mean, the credit goes to your wife in that uh, one, there, right? She's working too, actually. Yeah, is she really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we we've brought them here a few times, and that's chaotic. But uh, yeah. That's, anyway, that's, that's enough. We don't care. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Doesn't bother us any. But, bothers them more than it bothers yeah, us. Yeah. But, that's true. But to answer your question, yeah. you know, it, I think what it what it goes back to is a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. not necessarily of circumstance, but a misunderstanding of a God mm-hmm. who actually has control of circumstance, right? And so if you can understand him and his character differently, mm-hmm. and it's not that he wants to annihilate you, mm-hmm. although it may feel that way, mm-hmm. he is trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. And his his um, desire to do that is so that you will focus on him. Yeah, yeah. That was the original intent mm-hmm. from the beginning. Right. That God be honored and glorified. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, in "Let the Nations Be Glad" written by John Piper, he says, "What a thing God is most satisfied when He's most glorified." Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes He uses circumstance to do that, mm-hmm. and He uses our dumb choices in spite of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure as a loving Father that He is, He would rather us not make the dumb choices and us to learn differently. Mm-hmm. Right. But as the way humanity goes, right. We usually make the dumb choices. And but think, think back to some of the most significant lessons you've learned in your life. Yes. <laughs> Haven't at least some of them come from the, the, dumb, the yeah. dumb choices? Yeah. I would probably pain. say 99.9%. The, the majority okay. of them. I was, I was, yeah. Yeah. So I was Hands thinking down. back, like uh, you guys were both just talking about how God uses it <clears> in spite of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he will find another way. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going through Esther right now in youth group, and we're in Esther 4. And I actually just taught this last night um, where... Basically, all the Jews are going to be persecuted. Yep. And Mordecai comes crying. Esther's uncle comes crying yep. to the gate, calling to Esther. And Esther, like Jonah, is like, mm, no, I, that's uh, no not thanks. for me. And and we have this picture of Queen Esther as this uh, hero, the, the the good guy Bible character. But really, she was pretty messed up, too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know. God uses God uses people. messed up Newsflash. people. God yes. uses the weak, the base. Yeah. To confound the things well, that we're, think we're right. teaching Mighty through right. judges right now. Oh, yeah. oh you, I mean, you poor soul! You want to talk about <laughs> how's that going? It's actually a lot of fun. Is yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, you, it gives I mean, you an I'm excuse like, to I'm talk about things from the pulpit that you'd never talk about. Mm-hmm. I get to talk I about get Jephthah away with it. Right? Yeah, he oh, yeah. he volunteered for um, Jephthah, mm-hmm. the guy that makes that crazy. Yeah, I bet you did. And, yeah, yeah. We just we just thought about the girl that nailed the guy through the temple with a tent peg and stuff. Don't mess The Bible is not PG. I don't know. Like the Book of Judges is rated. I think there's some yeah. next chapters. Yeah. And how about the guy that falls on a sword and his guts the fall out? All over? Yeah, the fat guy. The fat oh, king he fell on a sword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aegon. Yeah. And anyway. he falls, falls on the sword and his, his guts fall out all over the place. No, are you talking about Aegon or are you talking about... 
He yeah. fought. He didn't fall. He got he, he stabbed. He had shoved stabbed it. No, no, no. I'm talking about the guy that fell the on his no. sword. Who was okay. that? We haven't gotten to that. Uh, I don't, I don't anyway, back I'd to have to do more studying. Back, back to God uses flaws. God people. uses yes, flaws. Yes, he does. Yes, people. for sure. Yes. And, and even in that same chapter, chapter four, God's going to find a way whether you're on board or not. Mm-hmm. Like Mordecai, Mordecai says it in uh, in 14 to Esther. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Oops. Mm-hmm. God's going to accomplish One way or the other. Yeah. no matter what. And, and this is what I said to youth group last night. I said, do you guys want to get to heaven? And God say, why didn't you listen to me? Nope. Don't want to answer any questions if I don't have to. Ooh. Like the silence in my youth room when I said that. Like, yeah. do you want to get to heaven because yeah. God asked you to do something and you mm-hmm. turned him away? So he found another way to do it. Mm. You know how dumb you would feel? Like, <laughs> how empty you would yeah. feel? That's, I mean, you're still yeah. in heaven, but like. Just to, to get to heaven and be like, why didn't you do this? Yeah. Well, that, why didn't you, know, you think I could do all things? That's you know? that, you know, you talk verses out of context before, yeah. you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Oh. You know, that's, that's you know, the way we approach that sometimes. Like, this is the participation trophy that every Christian gets. I'm not convinced every single Christian is going to hear those words when they step into glory. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. But I don't, you know, you can't say well done if you sat on your hands and yeah, there, didn't there's do anything. A, there's a real... Um, so a lot of people think of Christianity as, you know, I mentioned this yesterday, you know, I run my Bible and a genie Jesus pops right. out yeah. <laughs> and you just, um, you make things better mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I'm being spiritual. Right. And they, they, um, there's other places in the Bible that I believe, um, where, yes, it, it's not about our salvation. We're in heaven. Our name is written in the book. We're, we're, we're allowed to come in through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, right? right? Mm-hmm. But there's another aspect to that, and that's what we've done and uh, in our Christian life mm-hmm. after we're saved. Mm-hmm. And the idea that there is different rewards, and, and a lot of people don't agree with that. I get it. Mm-hmm. not trying to squash you people who well, that, that may think that. But the Bible, I think the Bible's clear. clear yeah. mm-hmm. um, believers' rewards for making certain choices, doing certain things, yeah. not doing certain things, loss of reward. Mm-hmm. And so it's a real thing. We will be rewarded for the things done in the flesh. Yeah. Even back to, of course, in yeah. the scripture. Even yeah. back to First Peter, he mentions, like, when he's talking specifically to the elders, he says, you will reach... Uh, crown of glory mm-hmm. you'll get a different crown mm-hmm. and that that kind of we can that's just one of the crowns yeah yeah right. that's one of them but and that kind of leads yeah. to um and we can we can keep this discussion going next week so i think our podcast is probably going to end you're going to get a part two we're going to keep talking <laughs> so thanks for joining us for this week yep, uh, yep. we're going to keep talking here but yep. but uh, follow us on youtube we'll see you next week and don't forget don't forget keep, keep your, your nose in, in the, the book. book love it this is where the music comes in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. That's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>